Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello there, everybody. Welcome in. Welcome back. How are you? How you doing? Beautiful day. Beautiful time to be alive, I guess. This is the Believe in Jayhawks basketball show on the Believe Podcast Network. Jonas Norderman coming to you here hot and heavy, talking all things Kansas basketball. And I am really excited for today's episode. Today, we dive into Believe in Jayhawks basketball investigative hour or 20 to 30 minutes or so. So I've got a hot topic. I previewed it last week. I mentioned it. This is a question set, sent in, basically, by one of you, one of y'all. And it's a hard-hitting topic that I never even thought about until it was brought up to me. It was broached the subject. And I sat down. I looked into it. And I put together a little piece here about what the heck is going on with the Kansas coaching staff. So if you want to get a hold of me, if you want to send in a question that you want to get into, you're bored of just uh, looks back at Jayhawks in the NBA, you're tired of me going, hmm, you know, the Jayhawks are highly ranked right now, and you actually want to get to some hard-hitting Jayhawk content, holler at your boy, at JonasN310 on Instagram, Jonasty90 on Twitter. That's the first <laughs> handle I had when I first signed up to Twitter. I'm not letting it go. Rolls off the tongue, and I like it. It's like my alter ego persona. Except not really. I'm a real sweetheart. Um, but, yeah, this was a subject brought to me by uh, fan Brett. Spoke to him last week when I was out there in Lawrence. I mean, he's a friend. But it's a really good point, and, and I'm excited to get to this. Again, hope you're doing well. This is the Believe in Jayhawks basketball show and the Believe Podcast Network, your Number one podcast network for professionals. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? Again, hope you're doing great. I'm, uh, you know, I'm hanging in there. <laughs> I, I'm a little woozy. I feel like I'm a walking advertisement for like those prostate ads. Like, are you waking up too much? Are you going too much? Just like every single morning right now, I'm just I feel like I'm just waking up in the middle of the, of the night. And no, I don't think it's because of that, but. It's, you know, too many nights in a row where you don't necessarily get the full sleep that you desire. And here we are, but I'm amped up. I've had a good co- cup of coffee made on my coffee machine. And I'm excited. It should be really good stuff. So on the docket, a little KU news. And then we're going to hop right into w- what's going on. You know, here we are, middle of July. We're still a long ways from college basketball, but that doesn't mean the news doesn't stop. And the investigation certainly isn't going to stop. So, anywho, let's get right into the news. Starting off with a former Jayhawk, Sidney Curry. You may remember the name, guy who actually committed to Kansas, former JUCO player. Um, it came out just today, actually, by Gary Bedore, great writer for the is it Kansas, Kansas City Star? Yes, he is. Can never keep track of where these guys are bouncing around these days. 
Uh, but Sidney Curry left KU, kind of saw the writing on the wall. Kansas has a plethora of big men at this point. David McCormack is coming back, who we'll get to in just a second, actually. There's news about him. Mitch Lightfoot is back. Cam Martin is there. And then, of course, there's other recruits. I believe KJ Lawrence is KJ Adams, excuse me. It takes me a while. It really does. If you haven't noticed, it takes me a while to get a grasp on the new guys' names, what they look like, what they do. But KJ Adams, 6'7. And then I believe there's also another youngster who's in there at 6'10. Yeah, Zach Clements. He's the one I'm thinking of. Zach Clements is the other big man who could take up some time. So Sidney Curry said, no, thank you. He opened, reopened up his recruitment. And just today he signed with Louisville. Louisville? Louisville. The Cardinals. Chris Mack's team. And uh, good luck to Sidney Curry. Hope he does well. Hope he were fulfills his potential. Hope he makes a career out of basketball. Signs a nice NIL and uh, goes from there. Unless he's a jerk. I don't know the guy, in which case I hope no success comes to him. Regardless, he's from Indiana initially, so he's a little closer to home. Initially, I was like, oh, he's right across the border. But then I remember that it's Ohio. That's right across from Louisville, but they're all relatively close to each other there in the upper northwest, the Rust Belt if you will. Uh, so Sidney Curry goes back to that part of the country, goes to Louisville, ACC country. Uh, good luck to you, Sydney. Other big man news. I just mentioned it a second ago, but somewhat significant when you think about the, the current roster for Kansas and the way it's going to be constructed and the way they're going to play next year. Uh, but this came from Tuesday, actually. And the headline reads, Kansas basketball big man Dave McCormack returns to Plaque practice floor after his off-season foot surgery. So, if you're not aware, D-Mac got surgery to repair a broken bone in his right foot on the final day of March. He was expected to miss 12 weeks. This is week 15, and he's just now practicing, but supposedly he's all good. He's running around, took part lightly in some half-court basketball for 45 minutes, which is pretty solid. If, of course, we're here in July, right? Bas- basketball won't start. The season doesn't start for many more months. So it's it's no problem. I only bring this up, one, just so you sort of know the comings and goings of the roster. And two, look, any missed time is a bad time. This is a guy who started slow last year. This is a guy who finished strong, despite the fact that, you know, he had a little coronavirus hiccup at the end of the season. That's a little too flippant. Of course, it's not something to laugh at or to be passive about, but you know, you know where I'm coming from with that. He had some issues with a positive test, missed time, so on and so forth. So here we are, missed those practice times, missed some games, did come back for the tournament, was clearly winded, by March Madness because he hadn't played at all. And look, this is a big offseason for a lot of Kansas players, especially him. I'm really eyeing, look, Oche Abaji just went through a whole draft prep, so if anything, he should be coming out of that as a better basketball player, certainly in great shape. Jalen Wilson, Remy Martin, same deal. Like, all all they have been doing is focusing on becoming the best basketball players possible to showcase their abilities to potentially be drafted. 
So I like their chances of having a good offseason of improvement. But David McCormack, Christian Brown, I think this is a pivotal offseason for Christian Brown. Like, what happened last year? We saw a team that was ranked number one two seasons ago now. Feels, it honestly feels like it still just happened, but it's way in the rearview mirror at this point. Christian Brown was the sixth man off the bench. Lightning striking off the bench, hitting three-pointers, stretching the floor. And he plateaued last year. So I think him, I think McCormack, I, I really thought it was a huge offseason for Abaji as well. And I'm assuming he's going to be getting better. But I think one of the main issues is with the COVID-19, with the coronavirus, and the limited practice, you know, I, I couldn't help but wonder, did it affect these guys' abilities to get better? Did it sort of hinder their improvement? Look, credit to Baylor, credit to teams like Gonzaga, you know, USC who annihilated Kansas in the tournament. But look at those teams that we're talking about, right? So Baylor won the national championship. They didn't really need an offseason of improvement because they brought back essentially the same team that was 1B as the best team in the country two seasons ago. That team was incubated. It was ready. It was in its final form. All they needed was the permission to play again, and they knew each other. These were good players who knew each other well. Bang, national champions. Gonzaga, basically the same thing. They had a preformed, really good team, and then they added in Jalen Suggs, talented, uber-talented, top-five pick, ready to go. That team took off, almost had an undefeated season. USC, a little bit different situation, but what they did was add in a guy who's going to be either the first or second pick in the NBA draft, bang, you know, sort of takes care of itself in that matter. Kansas last year, you could argue, yeah, they had the pieces back from a really good team, but they had guys coming back in brand new roles, which is something we talked about. Marcus Garrett slid into the role of the alpha, the, the big banana ball handler. Ochai Abaji had to be dependent on. Jalen Wilson had to start playing. Christian Brown was now a starter. and David McCormack was now the go-to big after Yudoka Azubuki left. And without an offseason of an improvement and playing together, I think it showed. That's just a theory of mine. Maybe they're just wildly mediocre players, but that's all going to come to fruition this year, and we'll see. I was not expecting that piece or that part to take up so much time, but I get a thought going, starts flowing, so sue me. It's my show. Believe in Jayhawks basketball. Believe Podcast Network, because this is the part I'm about to get to. This is the feature. This is what I really want to get to. And when it was brought up to me, it left me shaking my head, scratching my beard, going, hmm, that's a really interesting point. And the question is, what is going on with the Kansas, with the Kansas coaching staff? So here's how a staff usually works. Head coach, you know that. There's usually a, a guy who's in charge of operations, could either be someone that is purely an operations guy, working on scheduling, practice times, getting the courts, this, that, food, you know, the after-game after buffet, going to Olive Garden, what have you. Usually it's a basketball person who also doubles sort of as just as that liaison. Then you also have 
a video coordinator, right? Again, usually a youngster, an up-and-comer, someone that wants to get into coaching, still young in the profession. But there's always, always three assistant coaches. Head man, three assistants in whatever role. Young, up-and-comer, first assistant coaching job, recruiting maestro. Think Jarence Howard. Maybe you'll have your salty dogs, the guys who've been through it, Curtis Townsend, Norm Roberts, whatever. But there's always three assistant coaches. So I take you back to April 6th. I'm recording this on July 15th. So we're now over three months. Jarence Howard is announced as leaving Kansas and going to join Chris Beard's staff at Texas. From that point, Kansas has been operating essentially with two and a half assistant coaches. Because on that same day, Jeremy Case, former player, senior on the 08 National Championship team, you've probably seen him on the bench, he was immediately named the interim assistant coach. Cool. Congratulations. He's probably been getting groomed for that position this whole time. Either him or Brendan Bouchard. They're both on the bench there. So since then, nothing's happened. Jeremy Case is just operating as the interim. I did the research. I tried to find any information about what's going on with the coaching search. And the only piece that has come up since then has been June 12th, Matt Tate, excellent beat reporter for Kansas Athletics, wrote an article about Case learning and working the job. And to be honest, I don't know who put it out there. I don't know whose idea it was. I'm sure it was probably Matt Tate's, the writer. But Case comes off very eager. It's like a little puppy dog. Like, I love this job. This is what I want to do. Hire me. Hire me. Full time, please. And the one piece, the one inclusion from Bill Self was this quote that he's in no hurry on making a full-time decision. So in this case, I look, I don't have sources. I'm not looking at the forums. I don't want to be, I don't want my opinions to be formed by, you know, Jayhawk42069 online. <laughs> This is just my opinions. This is just what I'm thinking. This is me reading between the lines. Look, I've got many years of being cynical and realizing when stuff is put out there and messages that are being sent. So this is all just based on my opinion. And it's my show again. <laughs> There's nothing else written. Nothing else since, what was that? June 12th. Since they wrote about how Jeremy Case is learning on the job and he's in the offices of Curtis Townsend and Norm Roberts every single day, learning who to talk to, quote, learning who not to talk to. And it is an interesting period because just recently the dead period on recruiting was just lifted. So there were no on-campus visits. Coaches were not out on the road. And so it was a chance for Case, and he says this in the article, sort of learn the ways of how to communicate and how to do it. And I'm sure by being around the program, as long as he has, and he's been on the coaching staff, I'm sure he's learned how to do the game plans, right? It's the assistant coach's duties to put together the scouting reports. I have had the opportunity to see 
a scouting report written by Curtis Townsend before on Stanford. I was talking with a Pac-12 coach. He pulled me in and he said, hey, look, you recognize that name at the top? It was a year that KU had played Stanford and Curtis Townsend had shared the information. So it's the assistant coaches. They write up the scouts. They do the, the, the film previews ahead of games. I'm sure with the head coach's approval and input. And so I'm sure Jeremy Case is well aware of how to go about that and scouting this and that. But let's get into what I think is essentially the three main reasons and a fourth and a half reason as to why Kansas doesn't have a third official assistant coach right now, because this is still weird. Recruiting is back open now. The peach jam is happening. That's a recruiting hotbed. Trips to on-campus visits can now happen again. Like you want to be at full strength and full go right now. So here's my, my three reasons. And I'll call it four and a half, which I'll touch on right at the end. What I think is happening here or the reasons. Number one. This is maybe just a trial run for Jeremy Case. It was a dead period, like I said. Not really that much impact a third assistant coach can have in a moment like that. It's a dead period, so let's see how he recruits. Let's see how he works the phones. Let's see how the guy works. We got him in the building. Let's see how he operates. But here's my argument against that being the reason they know Jeremy case. They knew him as a player. They hired him. They've seen him work all this time. I think they could have just given him the job by then. Right? Like he was essentially being groomed for this, this whole time. You've had him in the building already. Why bother with the interim tag right now? Just call him the assistant coach. And on top of that, like recruiting is full go. Why wouldn't you want that third voice? Why wouldn't you want that third arm? Ooh, that's a scary thought. But you know what I mean? A, a third arm, someone to do the work. You know, Norm Roberts, Curtis Townsend, no spry chickens anymore. Same with Bill Self, truly. Like, why wouldn't you want someone officially going out there recruiting as the official assistant coach? Not, hey, I'm Jeremy Case interim assistant coach would you like to come play for our program so I, I, I don't know that's reason number one reason number two i called them the salty dogs right norm roberts curtis townsend bill self maybe they just don't need a third or in this case a fourth <laughs> norm townsend self maybe they're just doing it all regardless at this point they've got all the Scouting reports and all the Big 12 teams. Granted, they change every year with the different players, but they get the idea. Maybe they're just doing it all anyways. Norm Roberts, Curtis Townsend, they've been around the block a few times. And then some. On top of that, maybe there's COVID money concerns. You know, maybe they just don't have the budget to go out there and hire a big-name assistant coach. 
keep in mind right now, in this time when Kansas has an interim assistant coach, Danny Manning was available. He just finished a year of TV. He's available, and you're saying maybe he didn't want to get back and just be a second banana after being a head coach at Wake Forest. Well, he's now on Mark Turgeon's staff as an assistant coach at Maryland. And I'm wondering, maybe this is why Jarrett's Howard left. Granted, he went to Texas. Maybe they just gave more money. Speaking to the COVID money concerns. But maybe Jarrett's Howard left because this is his chance under Chris Beard to step out of the shadow a bit. Like really take on more responsibility as he grows as a coach. Again, Curtis Townsend, Norm Roberts, like Bill Self. Norm Roberts is a former head coach at St. John's. Curtis Townsend has been right next to Bill Self forever. Like, I'm sure they handle a bulk of the load there for Kansas coaching. But again, wouldn't you think they'd just want someone to ease a little pressure off of them? Just a smidgen? And for someone to ease that pressure with an official role? Again, it just it loses a little bit of meaning, right? Correct? If you got recruited... By the interim, if you're a top prospect and Kansas is recruiting you and they come to your door and say, hey, hi there, I'm Jeremy Case, Kansas basketball. We'd like you to come play for our program. Be like, oh, cool. Will will I be playing under you? Yeah, maybe, but also maybe under a different assistant coach. I'm just the interim. I might be saying, "Uh, when is John Calipari and, and his staff come to talk to me? I'd like a little I'd like a little bit more certainty on who I'll be playing with. So I don't know. That's reason two. Salty dogs. Don't need the help. Don't want that young whippersnapper. And here's reason number three. No backup on this, just a theory. But at this moment, maybe it's just not a desirable position. Maybe it's a little poisonous. And this comes with the one overarching theme that we heard all last year, right? NCAA investigation. Anybody? Right? At this point, whether or not they found anything, remember the Adidas news and all that broke in late 2017. We are now pushing, and by the time the season starts, it'll be over or just about four years, and we'll go over that. So assuming they don't really have anything, well, I shouldn't assume that, but right now, the biggest punishment to Kansas is just the looming investigation. You heard it on every television broadcast last year. Oh, man, recruiting is being affected by this investigation. Well, maybe recruiting of coaches and hiring is being affected by this investigation. Just a theory. I don't have any hard proof on this. Don't take this to the bank, but if you're sitting at a bar, feel free to use it. Maybe at this moment, it's a bit of a poisonous spot. Do you really want to go start up your career or do you want to continue your career? And the minute you get there, bang, you can't recruit or you have (laughs) recruiting limitations, potentially. I think this is, I don't know if this is the most likely, but it seems the most reasonable, right? 
And so for the time being, Bill Self and the two other old guys are like, we can handle it for now. Jeremy Case can learn. Maybe he's the right guy regardless. It's just that I just think they would have hired Jeremy Case officially if that's what they really wanted. You know, I, I get giving him the interim role and see how he does. But you know the guy. Like, if you really wanted Jeremy Case to be the hire, you would have been hired immediately after Howard left. That's what I think. But what do I know? Reason number four and a half, as you're listening here to the Believe in Jayhawks basketball show, send me your opinions, send me your thoughts, send me questions that you want me to dig into on later episodes. Maybe coaches just aren't really moving around right now, considering what happened after this past year. Too much uncertainty in the world. You move state to state, different restrictions, different ways of life, um, different laws. Maybe coaches at this time are like, I'm not really bouncing around the country at this time, even if a program like Kansas basketball calls me. I have a family. I don't want them to get sick. Um, I don't want them to move to a place where cases could be higher or lower. If they're lower, then maybe you'd want to move. But you get the idea. It's an uncertain time, and people may be a little more hesitant to be bouncing around and take different opportunities. Again, yes, Dana Manning just signed on with Maryland, but he's going to Mark Turgeon. That's a pretty safe environment. That's a former teammate of his. Danny Manning had already been out of the game for a full season. Probably didn't want his name to lose any luster. Probably had to get back into the game, but just something to think about, you know, coronavirus impact on travel, money, this, that. But a very fascinating topic. Uh, Really, how often do you see this? A big-time player in any sport is essentially just sitting there. This may not be the right analogy, but with one one arm tied behind their back. They're going into recruiting. Like, recruiting is full bore right now. Like I said, Peach Jam, the AAU tournament is happening. On-campus visits can happen again. Like, it's time to get after it. And here's Kansas with two full-time assistants and one interim. So, (laughs) again, maybe they just love the challenge. It's like, hey, look how well we can recruit. We didn't even have a full assistant coach. (laughs) Anyways, I, I found that to be a fascinating question when it was posed to me. And digging into it and finding the lack of anything to dig into I thought it was just as fascinating. So let me know. Let me know your thoughts. Uh, we'll get back into the usual shenanigans next week. If you have a question, like I said, you know, show writes itself. If that's the case, let me know. I'm happy to go into it, give my opinion, give my thoughts, see what I can find. Otherwise, I hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy the episode. Stay safe out there. NBA finals are getting interesting. I realized last night, it really is crazy that we're mid-July and – The NBA finals are far from being finished. (laughs) Granted, they did start right what late December or so. So I guess that's the reason it's pushed back. But it's weird to have the NBA right now. Like usually because we're in the dog days at this point. MLB All-Star game. This is the dead period in the sporting calendar. There was a finals game yesterday. It just felt weird. (laughs) Anyways, enjoy the basketball. Giannis is amazing. Devin Booker. Showing a little bit of his Kentucky attitude. I'm not a Chris Paul guy. I'm really not. 
So enjoy the episode. Talk to you later. And as always, rock chalk. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done.